Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are going to continue our study of the book of Joshua <clears throat> with chapter 10. We have just read about the uh, deceit of the Givonites, which we learned uh, <clears throat> in, um, in chapter 9, how the Givonites were um, afraid of the um, wrath of the fellow Canaanites, who had just banded together and decided we are not going to succumb to the Israelites. We are going to, rather than give in and sue for peace, we are going to band together and fight. The Gibbonites, on the other hand, wanted to make peace. And instead of openly coming to Yoshua and saying, um, we're ready to make peace, they came in a sneaky way. They pretended that um, because they were um, afraid of the... Um, of the uh, of the wrath of their fellow Canaanites, uh, this is the way we had explained it, um, uh, and and I'm going to continue with the, with this theme, that the reason why they snuck was because they were afraid of the wrath of their fellows, and by not showing full faith um, <clears throat> in God and openly uh, taking Joshua's peace overtures, um, uh, they they um, that's why they ended up becoming the servants and not just becoming full-fledged uh, gerim, uh, you know, <clears throat> converts or, or newbies and jo people joining in. Uh, so the, the, um, <clears throat> this, uh, th this idea that this is what they were afraid of is further supported by what we're about to read today because immediately what happened after the Gibbonites joined the Israelites by Yehi, and it was, Kishmoa Donitzedek, this is chapter 10, verse 1, um, when Adoni Tzedek, the king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had conquered the city Ai by Acharima and had destroyed it, just as he had done to Jericho, Yericho, and her king, he had also successfully done so to Ai and her king, and that the people of Givon had made peace with the Israelites and were now among them, had now joined the Israelite people. <coughs> By Yeruma Od, they were very afraid. Kiir Gedola Givon, because Givon was a large city. Kiachas Oriam Amlacha was one of the royal cities. Vichihigdolam and I, it was even bigger than I, and they had now capitulated, right? Vachal Anashia Giborim, and they had strong, uh, strong, uh, powerful men, uh, warriors, um, but they still gave in and joined the Israelites. So now, this Adoni Tzedek, the king of Jerusalem, knows that he's on the list. <coughs> so he went. Verse 3, Vayishlach Adoni Tzedek Mereshulayim, and Adoni Tzedek, the king of Jerusalem, sent messengers, El Hoham Melech Hebron, to Hoham, the king of Hebron, V'el Pira Melech Yarmut, V'el Yafia Melech Lachish, V'el Dvir Melech Eglon Neymar, to these kings of these other towns in the region. He sent them the following message, Alu Elai V'izruni, come to me and help me out, V'nakez Givon, let's strike down Givon, Ki Hishlima et Yoshua v'et B'nei Yisrael, because they have made peace with Joshua and the people of Israel. Interesting here that we see, who did he want to strike? Not let's get together and strike Joshua, which will happen, and we know that they, um, they, they will all end up fighting with Joshua at some point, but, <clears throat> but his first reaction is, let's strike down the Givonites. His anger was first against his own people who betrayed him. Uh, um, and uh, we see that their fear was obviously justified. They were afraid that that they would get attacked by their 
fellows, and therefore they pretended to be from somewhere else. Alue live Izruni. Okay, I just read that. Uh, come to me and help me. This was his message. Verse 5. So five of the kings of the Amorites that we just listed before, which included Melech Yerushalayim, the king of Jerusalem, Melech Hebron, the king of Hebron, Melech Yarmut, the king of Yarmut, Melech Lachish, the king of Lachish, Melech Eglon, the king of Eglon, they and their entire camps, and they camped against Givon, and they weighed war against it. So the people of Givon sent messengers El Yehoshua El Hamachna to the main camp of the Israelites, which was in Gilgal, saying as follows: Al Teref Yadecha Meavodecha, do not um, uh, take your hands off, you know, keep your hands off of the situation from your servants. quick, come to us, save us, help us. All of the kings of the Emerald tribes that live in this mountainous region, they have all gathered against us. We need your help. So, Joshua went up from Gilgal with the entire nation with him, and all of the strong warriors of Israel went with Joshua to help them out. Remember this entire Am HaMulchama beforehand was ready to kill the Gibbonites because of their, what they viewed as treachery. But Yehoshua said, no, we, made, we swore to them by God, we're going to support them. Now they are going to war on their behalf, risking, literally risking their lives on their behalf. This demonstrates a completely new ethic which the people of Canaan were not familiar with. One would assume that the Canaanites, thinking that the Israelites were just like anyone else, uh, would would say, heck, who cares about the Givenites? Let them die. It's not our interest here. You know, yeah, we, we made an agreement, but agreements are made to be broken kind of deal. But no, Yehoshua was demonstrating here that the Israelites lived by a different moral code. They make a promise. They keep the promise, even risk their lives for that. By Yomar Adonai Yehoshua, God said to Joshua, don't be afraid of this battle of, the, of your enemies, I have placed them in your hand. No one will, none, not one person of them will be able to stand in front of you and stop you from this mission of saving the Givonites. Joshua suddenly appeared. They marched all night through Gilgal. They surprise attack. They did not expect them to come. A, because they snuck through the night, and B, because they didn't expect Joshua to stand to come to their aid. Um, <clears throat> so this was a surprise on top of a surprise. And they became all uh, into a panic uh, <clears throat> in front of the, of the Israelites. They struck them down a huge, um, a huge um, defeat in Givon. And he chased the enemies uh, as they retreated in the, down the road of, of, uh, of the Beit Choron, of the ascent towards Beit Choron, and kept striking them until they reached the place of Azeka and Makeda. And it was when they were, were running from the Israelites, they were on the descent from Beit Choron, so they had ascended it, and now they're descending. And from the heavens, there were stones falling from the sky. Now, this may have been hailstones, like they, they got stuck in a storm, and and Bayamusu and the, sto- the hailstorms were, were huge, 
or this could have been rocks maybe from an avalanche, uh, but somehow a, a natural disaster occurred, um, uh, of course, uh, directed by, by God's intervention, and they died by these stones. More of them died by the, the hailstones than the... So here it's, it seems clear that it was hailstones of ice than that were, which were killed by the Israelites by sword. So more were killed by this natural disaster than killed by um, the battle. <clears throat> so um, so this, is, this is all ongoing. And um, <clears throat> this huge battle is happening. And then we have this next verse, which is a very um, uh, famous uh, occurrence. The occurrence of the sun standing still. So here the battle is ongoing, hailstones falling from the sky on the enemies. The enemies are still retreating, but they're not yet completely defeated. Uh, so... Oz and Yoshua knew that if the um, as soon as the sun sets and it becomes dark, the enemy will be able to uh, find cover, find places to hide overnight. Uh, in those days, battle at nighttime was not was not really possible. So, um, and then by the next morning, there's a chance that at least some of them could regroup and attack and 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 counterattack the Israelites. But at this point, Yoshua knew that they were all panicked and running and getting slammed by stones and so on. And he wanted to finish them off before they had a chance to regroup overnight and attack back. So, Azidaber Yoshua Ladonai. And then Yoshua spoke to God, made a request of God. When did he do this? On that day that God placed the Amorites, Lefnebene Israel, in front of the Israelites. So God had placed the Israelites to dominate over them in battle. Vayomer, Laini Israel, and He said in the eyes of all of Israelites, Shemesh begivon dom, may the sun stand still in givon viareach beemek ayalon, and may the moon stand still in the valley of ayalon. <clears throat> because Joshua didn't want the day to end. Prematurely, he wanted the day to last until the battle could be completed. Vayidom Hashemesh, and the sun stood still. Hamad, and the moon stood still. Ad yikom goy oivav, until the nation would take uh, would avenge against its enemies. Halohi kesuva al sefer hayoshar. Behold, this is written in the sefer hayoshar, the book of the upright. Vayamod. Hashemesh, this event is recorded by Amor Hashemesh Bachatzi Hashemayim, and the sun stood in, in, in the middle of the sky, and it did not continue to set for an entire day, so it held in its place for an entire day. Never had this ever occurred, such a thing occurred before it or after it. That God should listen to a man's request, because God is waging war for Israel. So, so remarkable things here. First of all, uh, according to its simple reading, there was clearly a, um, <coughs> a um, <coughs> excuse me, um, uh, uh, th this miracle was, a, uh, was obviously an incredible miracle. So that's one remarkable thing, that the sun stood still. Uh, 
and that and the other thing that the Torah seems to that the prophets is emphasizing here is that it was at the request of Joshua. God asked Joshua to perform this miracle, and God listened, which is very remarkable because until this point, the miracles that have occurred, God had offered them, so to speak. Uh, every miracle we've read about in Joshua so far. Um, how did Joshua even know that God was going to listen? You know, he said this in front of all the people. He was taking quite a risk by asking God to perform this incredible miracle. Um, so, uh, but, uh, and, and, and the other thing is, is that the nature of this miracle is quite astounding for any, you know, for those of us that are familiar with um, the basic uh, uh, astronomy, uh, the sun standing still, uh, meaning the earth stopping to rotate and so on, just imagining the ramifications of that is quite mind-boggling. But it's a miracle. So miracles are miracles. We don't necessarily understand them. I do want to mention here that the, um, the, 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 uh, those that follow the school of Maimonides and attempt to minimize the miraculous nature of the, um, the rationalists, so to speak, rationalist Jewish philosophers who believe in minimizing the supernatural events and trying to explain them in a natural way, actually understand this very differently. Uh, most notably, the Ralbag, also known as Gersonides, who explains that the, this, the miracle that happened here was not that the sun actually stood still. What happened here is that the battle was so strong and the battle was so... Um, <clears throat> was so swift and so complete that what in the normal circumstance would have taken um, another complete day, right? Um, they were able to complete it while the sun was still standing still, in other words, while the sun was still in the sky. So the miracle was a much less miraculous event, a miracle that, that's a miracle in the sense that it was astounding, but not in the sense that anything particularly miraculous happened Everything that happened, it was just that the that when and when Yoshua was standing up and praying to God, he was saying, "Let like for example, let us let it be as if the sun is standing still." In other words, we're seeing that this battle is taking place in such a way. In other words, yes, there's a miracle, but the miracle is like we see all the time around us. People do incredible things, which are miraculous in the sense that they defy what we the, what what we would expect to happen. But they're not miraculous in the sense that the laws of nature have been completely changed. Um, and that's how um, the rationalists look at this story. I wanted to mention that I personally tend towards this type of approach. But, um, but on the other hand, uh, you know, the simple reading of the verse is exactly as we read it, which is that this miracle happened and the sun stood still, which is the, the Talmudic tradition and, 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 um, and, and the simple understanding of these verses. And also, uh, I do need to mention the identity of this Sefer HaYoshar, this book of, um, of, of, of the upright. It's not exactly clear what, what is this Sefer HaYoshar, what is this book of the upright. There is a, a um, it is mentioned in Shmuel in the book of Samuel as well, we'll get there one day, uh, um, th this book. Exactly what it is is not clear. Uh, I'm going to go with the pshat, with the explanation of Avram ibn Ezra, another one of the medieval commentaries, who generally takes a, also a more rationalist type approach, just like Gershonides. He's, he's a member of that school. But he, um, 
he explains that the Sefer Yashur is referring to a book which was, which was part of the corpus of literature of the Jewish people, but just did not end up getting recorded in the, um, a, 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 incorporated in the corpus of Tanakh and incorporated in the canon, so to speak, of the, of the Jewish Bible. So the Sefer Yashur has been lost to us. The only thing we know are the references to it here in Joshua and in the book of Samuel, but it was a book that the people then would have been familiar with as it was a book in which uh, clearly, it appears that uh, um, uh, uh, events were recorded. And we see this many times. Um, uh, Sefer Milchamot Hashem, which is mentioned in Bamidbar, the book of the word, uh, the wars of God, and so on. There's other books mentioned throughout the Bible, which are books that people then knew of, but weren't necessarily, um, uh, were, never, were never placed into the Bible, so they have been lost to us today. Thank you so much for studying Joshua 10a. Um, because this is a very long chapter and we studied a lot of interesting ideas today together, uh, I'm going to divide this chapter in half and we'll do 10b next time together.